Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Touchdowns, sacks, upsets, and last-minute heroics. Another NFL Sunday is in the books, and we've got you covered with the biggest plays and sound bites from another wild week in the National Football League. It's time for No Huddle Offense on the Zach Gelb Show. All right, we start off across the pond. Jaguars and Falcons. Jaguars beat up on the Falcons pretty good, 23-7. Bijan Robinson for the Falcons, though, did have 14 carries for 105 yards, also had five catches for 32 yards. But the story in this one was Josh Allen of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He had three sacks in the game, two tackles for a loss, and three quarterback hits. He now has six sacks on the season, also had a three-sack performance against the Colts. Back in week one, Trevor Lawrence, 23 of 30, 207 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, 42 yards rushing. And if you do a little anytime touchdown gambling, maybe you should have gambled on Calvin Ridley. I don't know if the league would love me to say that, pun intended. But he did get in the end zone for a touchdown against his old team. Let's hear that Trevor Lawrence 31-yard strike to Calvin Ridley on the Jaguars radio network. Pressure coming from his right, steps up, avoids the blitz, throws deep down the field, open man in the end zone. Jaguars 31 yards and Ridley has done it against his former team in London. Our next stop will go to Orchard Park, a big AFC East heavyweight showdown between the Bills and the Dolphins. The Bills destroy the Dolphins. They squish the fish by a final score of 48 to 20. Josh Allen 21 to 25 for 320 yards and four touchdowns in the game. He also had six catches for 120 yards. That's Stephon Diggs. Not one, not two, but three receiving touchdowns in this one. Let me give you a little stat here from Ari Miroff of My Sports Update. Josh Allen is the second player in NFL history to have at least 300 yards passing, four passing touchdowns, and also one rushing touchdown and a perfect 158.3 passer rating in the game. And that's joining Aaron Rodgers, who was the other quarterback that did that in week seven of 2019. Let's hear the Josh Allen 13-yard strike to, to Stephon Diggs. This was the third touchdown of the day for Diggs. Diggs by himself on the left side. Here's the snap. Takes the handoff to Murray. Throws in the end zone. It's a trifecta for Stephon Diggs. A 13-yard touchdown reception. Can you dig it? 
Tua Tunga Vailoa, 25 of 35 for 282 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Devon A-Chain, uh, who last week had four touchdowns, did get two touchdowns this week, eight carries for 101 yards, but the story, Buffalo destroying the Dolphins 48 to 20. Let's go Vikings and Panthers. Panthers got off to a good start, but then the second half, they had a ugly finish. Vikings getting the win column for the first time this year, taking care of Carolina 21 to 13. Justin Jefferson do the gritty two times, six catches for 85 yards and those two scores. Kirk Cousins, only 139 yards in this one. Had two touchdowns, two interceptions. And let's hear that Kirk Cousins strike to Justin Jefferson. This made it 21-13 at the end of the third quarter. Takes the snap, fires to the end zone to Jefferson. Touchdown! They singled J.J. and they paid. And then Bryce Young back as the starter for the Panthers after missing last week with an injury. 204 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Broncos and Bears. What a seesaw, uh, seesaw ride this was. It saw the Bears have a 28-7 lead, and then the Broncos won the game with 24 unanswered points. Let's hear the Jonathan Cooper 35-yard fumble return for a touchdown. This tied it up at 28, courtesy of the Broncos Radio Network. Play fake for Fields. He's going to be hit. The ball's not free. It bounces around. Jonathan Cooper scoops it up. And here we go. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Denver. Yes, sir. Nick Bonito caused the fumble. And Jonathan Cooper with the Broncos' first defensive touchdown of the year. Nick Bonito in the game had two and a half sacks and did force that fumble. Russell Wilson. Got the win, 21 to 28, 223 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Justin Fields, everything was going great until that interception was 28 of 35 for 335 yards, four touchdowns. But that interception, unfortunately, I don't want to say it's what did the Bears in, but it was a big reason why they lost the game. Many things you can look back to when you blow a 28 to 7 lead. Next stop. Ravens and Browns. Ravens win 28-3. Dorian Thompson-Robinson in for the injured quarterback in Deshaun Watson. He goes for 121 yards and not one, not two, but three interceptions. But Lamar Jackson, he was cooking, and he was cooking twice to Mark Andrews. Let's hear the 18-yard strike from Lamar to Mark Andrews. This made it 28-3, which ended up being the final score. Jackson takes the snap, steps up, throws it complete. Andrews has it at the 10 Five touchdown Ravens. And with 5.56 left to play in Cleveland, the Hayes in the barn. That was Jerry Sandusky, Jerry with a G on the Ravens radio network. Here was a big surprise. And I know the Steelers aren't as good as the way that some people talked them up before the start of the season, but the Texans, they have direction here. Where you have D'Amico Ryans, you have C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson Jr. The Texans were acquiring picks the last few years. They did strike this offseason and finally hired a coach that they actually believe in. And now it's starting to pay off. The Texans win 30-6. to C.J. Stroud is making people around him better. He did find Nico Collins for a second touchdown of the day. This was a 52-yard strike. This made it 30-6. to Let's listen up to Texans Radio. C.J. gets the snap. C.J. throwing downfield and caught by Nico. 25-20. Breaks a tackle. 15-10-5. Rock and roll. Touchdown, Houston. C.J. Stroud with more third down magic to the end zone. Only 16 completions for C.J. Stroud in the game. 308 yards, two passing touchdowns, and both of those were to Nico Collins, who had seven receptions for a buck 68. The big note here, 
Kenny Pickett, though, only 114 yards in the game, had an interception. He did leave the game with a knee injury, so we'll see what that means for next week for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bucks at the Saints. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are looking pretty damn good. Uh, they win 26-9. Baker Mayfield, 246 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Also had 31 yards on the ground. Derek Carr dealing with the injury, 127 yards, did not find the end zone. And uh, Jameis Winston was 0-1 for an interception. Uh, very fitting. But let's listen up to Baker Mayfield finding Devin Tompkins to make it 23-9. Dropping Baker Mayfield, looking to his left, now back to his right, looking over the middle. Nowhere to throw. Flushed out of the pocket, throws toward the end zone. It's a diving catch right at the goal line. It's going to be a touchdown, Tampa Bay. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. And Devin Tompkins has the catch right at the goal line. I love Gene Deckeroff. I know this game wasn't in Tampa, but I love when he says, Fire the cannons! Fire the cannons! Fire the cannons! All right, Bengals at the Titans. Tennessee. Man, Derrick Henry is back. The Bengals offense, not so much. Derrick Henry, 22 carries, 121 yards. He had a rushing touchdown where he ran right through the entire defense for Cincinnati and also threw a touchdown. Let's listen up to that 29-yard run for one Derrick Henry. This made it 17-3. To give Henry a chance on the left side. Here he goes, the big man. To the 25, to the 20, to the 15, to the 10, to the 5, to the end zone. Ladies and gentlemen, the king. Touchdown, Titans. The king is back. Joe Burrow, though, not back. 165 yards. Didn't find the end zone, and that's zero touchdowns in three out of his first four games this year for the Bengals. Whew. Rough start for Cincinnati, and they are sitting at one and three. Rams and Colts. This was another seesaw ride of a game. Rams are up 23 to nothing. Then it's an overtime, 23 to 23. And Matthew Stafford, maybe the best story of the NFL season so far, found Puka Nakua. That's the best story of the season so far. On a 22-yard game-winning touchdown to win it in overtime, Rams 29, Colts 23. Stafford ready, calls for the snap. Here comes the rush. He throws right side alone. It's Puka at the five to the Dang. end zone. A walk-off winner. Puka Nakua in overtime. 22 yards to get the Rams to two and two. That's nine catches in the game for 163 yards for Puka Nakua, which could be my favorite name of all time. And he also had that receiving touchdown on the year. He leads the NFL in catches with 39 and his second in yards with 501. Anthony Richardson has been a bright spot for the Colts, and they need one in the worst way. They're going to get or expected to get Jonathan Taylor back this week. He's expected to be at practice on Wednesday. Uh, Richardson, 200 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, 56 yards rushing, had a rushing touchdown, and we know he missed last week, but he's the first QB ever with a rushing touchdown in each of his first three games in the NFL. Alrighty, next stop, we go to Philadelphia, South Philadelphia, Eagles and Commanders. Eagles survive in overtime 34-31. to You're going to hear Sam Howell on a touchdown right as the time expired in regulation to Jahan Dotson. Ron Rivera, I thought he should have gone for two. He did not. The game goes into overtime. And then we're going to go to a little Spanish play-by-play -play by, by our guy, uh, Ricky Ricardo, who did have the Jake Elliott game-winning 54-yard field goal in overtime. Eagles win 34-31. You hear both those calls right now. Second and goal from the 10. Snap to Hal. Surveying. Throws to the end zone. It's Touchdown! Touchdown! Touchdown, Washington! Jahan Dotson! Unbelievable! Oh my goodness! 
Dale, le mete el pie. Distancia, dirección. Sí, sí señor. Sí, señor. Sí, señor. Sí, señor. Sí, señor. Sí, señor. Elliot para la victoria. Jake Elliott, el pequeño gigante de los Eagles, con el pie mago derecho. How about that? Sí, señor, by Ricky Ricardo for the Jake Elliott game-winning field goal. All righty, next stop, Chargers and Raiders. The Chargers win 24-17. Brandon Staley could wipe the sweat off of his face because he had another idiotic decision, gambling, going for it on fourth and one, up by seven in the game at his own 34-yard line. Thankfully for Staley, well, Josh McDaniels is on the other sideline. They get the ball all the way down to the three of the Raiders, looking to tie the game, and Aiden O'Connell had the interception. But the big story in this one, Khalil Mack, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six sacks in the game. Let's listen up to Khalil Mack's six sack of the game. This is on the Raiders, uh, uh, Chargers Radio Network. O'Connell looking in the middle of the field, hit, and he is dropped, sacked. Who do you think it was? <laughs> Unbelievable. The sixth sack for Khalil Mack, a new Chargers record, a loss of 10, a new individual record for Khalil Mack in a single game. Six sacks, 10 tackles, one pass defended for Khalil Mack. What a monster day. Aiden O'Connell in for the injured Jimmy Garoppolo. 238 yards, no touchdowns, a pick, two lost fumbles, and one rushing TD. Josh Jacobs, why are the Raiders not using him? Uh, he only had 58 yards rushing in the game and one touchdown, but he also had 81 receiving yards. And still, Josh McDaniel said, yep, we're not going to give him the ball. First and goal all the way down at the three. Cowboys blow out the Patriots 38 to three. This one was disgusting. Mac Jones was pulled from the game, 150 yards, two interceptions. Bailey Zappi did come in four of nine for 57 yards in the contest. Ezekiel Elliott in his return to Dallas, six carries for 16 yards. Dak Prescott, nice performance, 261 yards and a touchdown. Micah Parsons had two tackles and one tackle for loss. But let's hear Deron Bland with a incredible interception. It was a terrible throw by Mac Jones across his body on the run, but he did take it for 54 yards to the house. This made it 28-3 as the Cowboys crush the Patriots. Second and 10, Jones is back. Plenty of time. Rolls right, bottled up, throws back to the head. Intercepted. Deron Bland, call the house. Hello, House. House, it's me, Duran. Hello, House. Touchdown for Duran Bland. Well, the farthest thing from a Bland play for the Cowboys defense, they beat the Patriots 38-3. to Two more games to go. My pick for Offensive Player of the Year this season, run CMC, Christian McCaffrey, 49ers beat the Cardinals 35-16. Another gritty effort for the Cardinals early, even if it's not reflected by the final score as Joshua Dobbs had 265 yards in the game and two touchdowns. But the story was Christian McCaffrey, three rushing touchdowns, 106 yards rushing, and then 71 yards receiving, three rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown. Let's listen up to the Brock Purdy pass to McCaffrey for the six-yard score. This was third of the game. This made it 21-3. Here is the 49ers Radio Network. Second and goal, six-yard line, bunch formation right. Play action, Barb Purdy looks bunch side, comes back left, throws. McCaffrey will roll it right down to the goal line. Touchdown! C-M-C! The hat trick for Christian McCaffrey. And then finally, we go to MetLife Stadium, where it was a who's who's of celebrities for the big quarterback matchup between Patrick Mahomes 
and Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson may have thought that Taylor Swift was a single older mother with the way that he was playing. If you know the history of Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, 72% completion percentage, 245 yards, did have two passing touchdowns, maybe the best game of his pro career. But the story was the Chiefs winning the game, Taylor Swift being in the building, seeing her new man, Travis Kelsey. Travis, let's pick it up a little bit. Only six catches for 60 yards. Mahomes, though, didn't have his best game. 203 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions, but had the big first down run late in the game to seal it, where he did go down at the two-yard line. And Isaiah Pacheco, welcome back to your home state of New Jersey. 115 yards rushing, 43 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Here is the Mahomes to Noah Gray TD pass. This was the 200th touchdown pass already. Wow. Of Patrick Mahomes' career. This made it 17-0 Chiefs. Mahomes calls an audible. Raises the right leg. Chiefs leading 10 to nothing. Mahomes pumps once, twice. Open right side. Noah Gray. 10 to the 5. Stretching out. Touchdown. Kansas City for Patrick Mahomes. 200 touchdown passes in 84 games of his career. That's an all-time National Football League record eclipsing the mark set by the great Dan Marino. Now, I don't usually love to complain about officiating, but I'll open this up to wrap up no huddle offense to Michael Samter. You are a tortured, long-suffering Jets fan, Samter. Was. What, you gave up on the team? Yeah, yeah, I gave up four plays into the season. Wait, so who do you root for then on Sundays? Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, that's so lame. You know what? I've been tortured and <laughs> suffered long enough You're as a Jets fan that. that I'm now picking a team that I know is going to win. I've suffered enough. I'm not picking a team that's, that's going to make me suffer more. You know, I, I kind of want to like play like whack-a-mole with you and just whack you as you be the mole because it's, that's, it's that's dumb. You can't give up on your trouble team. to go through what the Jets... What the Jets put me through on a day-to-day, year-to-year basis. So last night you were rooting for the Chiefs. Last night I was rooting for the Chiefs. That's just disgraceful. It really is. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done with the Jets. So did you think it was a good call then at the end of the game on that holding that they called the up against Gardner? Sauce Gardner? Not only was it not a good call. Thank you. But it was late the too. fact that the ref waited until he mm-hmm. caught the interception, it's almost as if Michael Carden had, hadn't caught that ball that they wouldn't have called the pass interference, and then it just would have been fourth and 20, right? So the fact that he, he picked it off is why he called the pass interference. It made no sense to me. However, it did feel like a makeup in a sense because there was a very iffy holding call a few plays before that sent the Chiefs back. It, it was a completed pass to Travis Kelsey down inside the 10-yard line, and they called a holding call, which is kind of an iffy holding call that didn't have to get called. And then the holding call on Sauce Gardner on defense kind of felt like a makeup call. You are 100% right because that was my first reaction. It was a late, and I mean a late flag. It's almost as if in basketball, you go up for the shot, they wait to see if the basket did go in. And if it didn't go in, then they'll call the foul. If it did go in, they'll be like, oh, we'll let it play. I thought it was so ticky tacky, and it's something that should not have been called, especially with the way that they were letting everyone play in that game. Um, now, it's not the reason why the Jets lost the game, but. It's a bad look for the officials, and it's a bad job. And if I'm a Jet fan, which I'm not, and I know you you still are, even though you claim not to be, I would be irate today. Absolutely well, irate. The other part of it also is, listen, the Jets' defense, at times, they look incredible, right? They haven't, I think it's 22 straight games. They haven't allowed a 300-yard pass from Mahomes. Slow first start, though. Barely had 200 yards, yeah. And they they look great at times. But against the Bills, when they had to shut the Bills down in that week one win, where they kind of got lucky in overtime— they couldn't stop the Bills when it mattered to stop them from getting the game-tying play at the end. 
Here, same thing. All they had to do on third and 22 was get off the field. Patrick Mahomes runs for 25 yards. Third and 20, alleged holding call. The Jets could not get off the field on defense. Mm-hmm. That was a, what, a six-minute drive, seven-minute drive? That it the Chiefs Mahomes. just ran the clock out. Yeah. The Jets could not get off the field. If your defense is supposed to be historic, like DJ Reed said they were going to be. 85 Bears. Like the 85 mm-hmm. Bears or the Legion of Boom Seahawks, you have to get off the field. They could not get off the field. They lost that game not because of bad calls. They lost the game because the defense couldn't do their job. But seems like you are upset with it because you're still a Jeff fan. You may say no, that you're not. No, I'm a football but, fan. But I have are. no idea. There's no passion there. There's no anger there. Two of my friends that are Jet fans, one is now a Bills fan. The other is now an Eagles fan. And I consider you a friend. And now Santa's going to say that he roots for the Kansas City Chiefs. So... You guys all know how to jump on the, the, the great bandwagons. Okay, we'll take a break. That was your know-how to offense right here on CBS Sports Radio. We'll come on back. Is Caleb Williams going to say thanks but no thanks to the Chicago Bears? We'll discuss next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Stream the NFL and Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone all season long. You can listen to every Westwood broadcast of the NFL Live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. All righty. Um, some breaking news here. This is from Rap Sheet, Ian Rappaport. Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett suffered a bone bruise in his knee that could lead to a short-term absence per Rappaport and Mike Garofalo. The door is open for Pickett, who also has a muscle strain to play this week, but the team may be smart with a week six bye. I understand that you avoided this being a big-time injury, and I would probably assume, and you know what happens when you assume, but... I would assume right now that Kenny Pickett is not playing this week. I could understand why he would probably want to play. You're going up against the Baltimore Ravens. This is at, um, what is it, Acershire Stadium now, whatever they call it. I always still say that it's uh, Heinz Field. But you have a big game this week with a team that's 2-2 two and two up against the Baltimore Ravens team that's done a nice job to start off the season. If I'm the Steelers, though, I can't play Pickett this week. This is a marathon. This is not a sprint. you got to be careful here. And you got to be cautious here, especially when you're in the second year of having a young quarterback. I would not want to play a quarterback here. And it's one thing to not be 100%. 
But with the percentage of health not looking like it's in a good situation, I think the Steelers are smart here. I think they will be prudent here. Rest picket this week. Then they have the bye week. And then you would hope coming out of the bye week on October 22nd, you could get him back against the LA Rams. And even if it comes at the expense of your team losing the game, you're two and three, you could still find the way to come back from being two and three. So that's the latest there with Kenny Pickett. Um, Before the year, I think if we did a poll on who would be the number one overall pick in the draft, it would be Caleb Williams. We all know that. But what team would be the number one overall pick? And everyone would have said it's the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals really feel like, to me, the that they are the Miami Dolphins of 2019, where everyone said, oh, the Dolphins are going to be horrible. Oh, the Dolphins are going to tank for two. And now, ironically, they ended up getting two at Tungavailoa, but they didn't get the number one overall pick. They fell to the fifth overall pick. I'm not ready to say the Cardinals are this great team. I'm not even ready to say they're a good team. But the Cardinals already have one win where they did a very nice job against the Dallas Cowboys. They were in the two other games where they were in control of the Giants game and they couldn't find a way to get the job done. And then week one, they blew that game up against the Commanders. So I got to give credit to Mr. Boop, 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 Boop in their head coach and Jonathan Gannon with all the crazy uh, sound effects that their team is responding to him. And I've seen enough already to say that the Cardinals aren't getting the number one pick. Now you could say, Zach, what about the other pick that they had? And that's the Houston Texans pick, which they got in the Will Anderson trade. I've seen enough from the Texans already at two wins to tell me that they're not going to be the number one overall pick either. But it's funny how we had this conversation about the Cardinals, where they could get Caleb Williams and then Marvin Harrison Jr. won two, and there's still a very good chance that there's going to be a team that gets both Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr., but it's not going to be the Arizona Cardinals, and it's going to be the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears, I know Justin Fields put a good game yesterday, but just like what I said about Zach Wilson, I think there's more talent with Fields than Wilson. I'm not going to change my entire view of what I think is going to happen long-term there based off one game. Like any Jet fan that is now drinking the Kool-Aid today saying, oh, Zach is back. Here comes Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's going to be good the rest of the year. Can we see some consistency? And I know Justin Fields basically said that he's going to stop thinking and, and think last year, and he's just going to sling it. And he played, for the most part, a really damn good game. But with the game on the line, he throws the interception. You had the collapse. I think they were up like, what do I said earlier? 28-7, to seven, whatever it was. And you lose the game 31-28 to 28 with 24 unanswered points being scored. There's many areas that you could point to to blame. But I don't really believe that Matt Eberflus is going to be back next year. I don't know if Ryan Poles is going to be back. But the Chicago Bears are going to have the number one overall pick because of their own incompetence. And that's the least intimidating team in football right now when you see the way that they've played through the first four games. And then also remember, because they traded back in the draft when they originally had the number one overall pick a year ago, and the Panthers move up to the one spot to get Bryce Young, they also have the Panthers pick. And the Panthers haven't won a game yet. And I don't know when the Panthers are going to win a game. Because you have Bryce Young as your quarterback. I know he hasn't been all that. But what do you have around him? You have an overrated running back in Miles Sanders. You have a garbage offensive line right now. And you have no wide receivers. You don't have any receivers that intimidate you and you feel as if to take a Randy Moss line, they could take the top off the defense in the year of 2023. So I view the Bears as a team that, yes, the Bears stink, but the Bears have a golden opportunity where you're going to most likely get the first and second pick in the draft, or at worst case, you're going to have two picks in the top five. 
And I think they'll take Caleb Williams. And I also believe, you know, I would think Marvin Harrison Jr. is the player that they take. But if there's a nice defensive player that they want out there, if they want the offensive lineman from Penn State, maybe you go about it this way. But this Bears team, they're probably going to have a new coach next year. They're going to have a new quarterback. And they're going to have another top five pick in the NFL draft because the Panthers are going nowhere this year. But it does raise the question. Is Caleb Williams going to say, I'll go back to USC for another season? Or will Caleb Williams say, I'm not going to go to the Chicago Bears and try to avoid the Bears at all costs and kind of pull what the Manning family did with Eli when the Chargers drafted him and it was clear that he was never going to play for them and eventually they get Phillip Rivers and a bunch else and Eli Manning found his way to New York and he goes on to win two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl MVPs. Here's what I'll say. I think it's very easy to just float that idea out there. Oh, NIL. Uh, you know, he doesn't have to, to, to go play in the NFL. Oh, he could try to force his way to another team. I think it's easy to say that, but it's very tough to follow through with that. And we've seen it before happen. And Caleb Williams, from all things that I could see, and when I watch college football, he looks like he's going to be a star. We all got to see what he did last year at USC. We got to see what he did the year before at Oklahoma after replacing Spencer Rattler. And he's confident. He should be confident when you're that good, right? We played the clip earlier of me talking with him at the Heisman Trophy last year. And he says there's not anything that he sees that Patrick Mahomes does that he can't do. But when you look at the Bears, I understand that where it does feel like quarterbacks go to die because they've like never had a franchise quarterback and they've never had a 4,000-yard passer in team history. But I just don't buy any of this nonsense that Caleb Williams is going to return to USC. Caleb Williams is going to try to avoid the Bears, just like how what Coach Prime said two weeks ago, oh, Shador is going to come back. He's not number two to anybody. And right now, Caleb Williams, is, you guys already said he's going to be the number one overall pick. I know that Shador Sanders, right, money out the wazoo uh, because of who his father is, and then also with his own NIL money, and you see the car that Shador Sanders drives, and I think Shador Sanders is going to be a really good pro quarterback. But when you are going to be the second or third quarterback taken in the draft, I have a tough time believing that Shador Sanders, even though his his old man is the coach, and maybe that is incentive to return because that's a special opportunity and a special thing with the bond that you have with your dad. But I always operate under the belief that if a quarterback is good enough to be a top five or top ten pick in the NFL draft, I don't think you roll the dice. I don't think you play the game and go, oh, let me go back to USC or let me go back to Colorado, because even if an injury did occur, they'd still be a top five, top 10 pick. But that opportunity is guaranteed to you right now. And I don't think you bypass that opportunity, whether it's returning to college or saying, hmm, if I don't like the team that I'm going to get drafted by, then I'm not going to go there and I'm not going to play. It's 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 easier said than done. And I know, right, a lot of talk show hosts throw it out there, but it takes a lot to try to avoid a situation like that. And ultimately, I do believe Playing for the Bears next year is going to be Caleb Williams, and he'll probably have Marvin Harrison Jr. with him. And a new head football coach in Chicago, too. All righty, Zach Gelb Show, CBS Sports Radio. We'll take a break. When we come on back, who has more pressure on them tonight in the Monday Night Football game? Is it Daniel Jones or is it Geno Smith? I will give you that answer on the other side. Also give you a pick and a thought on the game. But first up with the latest CBS Sports Radio update, here's the act man, Rich Ackerman. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All righty, it's time to answer our Ask the Pros question of the day, brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Ryan in Des Moines, Iowa. How about that? I was in Des Moines this past weekend, was listening to our great CBS Sports Radio affiliate, 1700 The Champ, while driving through the state of Iowa. Says, who has more pressure on them tonight? Is it Daniel Jones or is it Geno Smith? You could submit an Ask the uh, Pros question by tweeting at CBS Sports Radio or at Zach Gelb. Using the hashtag AskThePros, think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. I actually think the the player with more pressure under him tonight when you consider Daniel Jones going up against Geno Smith, it's actually Daniel Jones. And here's why. Geno Smith should win the game tonight. Geno Smith has more weapons on the offensive side of the ball. So you may be sitting there saying, Zach, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's more pressure on Geno Smith if you think he's in a better situation. I think, though, most people now realize what Geno Smith is. Where he was lost, right? Everyone wrote him off. He'll tell you he didn't write back. That was a great line after week one last year where he did take down the uh, Denver Broncos. But going into this year, I don't think a lot of people doubted Geno Smith. Where what I mean by that is we expect some regression, but not for him to fall flat on his face. When it comes to Daniel Jones, it was so negative and it was so nasty from the start where even last year, and he had a really good season with uh, the rushing yards, and I know his, his passing numbers weren't great, but he had no one to really throw the ball to. But for Daniel Jones, where he was drafted, and everyone thought, including myself, that it was a horrible draft pick, and he turned out to be an okay quarterback, I still don't know what his ceiling is. I still think there's more doubt with Daniel Jones compared to Geno Smith. So for tonight, I think this is a moment where Daniel Jones in an isolated window on Monday Night Football can show everyone last year wasn't a one-time thing. Last year wasn't a one-time lucky kind of situation that ended up happening where you got to give him a lot of credit for what he did with like Isaiah Hodgins as his best wide receiver. So I look at this game tonight, and I think because more people doubt Daniel Jones compared to Geno Smith in the year of 2023, that's why I do believe that the Giants and their quarterback has more pressure than the Seahawks quarterback in Geno Smith. Now, as for the game tonight, (sighs) Seahawks are a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The Seahawks last year did a really good number on the New York Giants. 
And with all the injuries that the Giants have, it feels like, right, and my antenna's up on this one, that the Seahawks should be more than a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And even though internally there's like a part of me saying, take the Giants, take the Giants, take the Giants, right? Don't love where the spread's at. A lot of people are going to take the Seahawks tonight. Maybe Vegas is going to get me tonight. And Vegas usually does get me. I like the Seahawks in the game tonight. And I think the Seahawks are going to win and they're going to cover the spread. The Seahawks just have too much talent compared to this Giants team. And the Giants, I said this going into the year, and I thought Seattle could be the third best team in the NFC. It doesn't look like they're going to be, but the Seahawks should be a playoff team. And the Cowboys, I would say, are the third best team in the NFC behind the Eagles and the 49ers right now in that order. But you look at this Giants team, coaching can only take you so far. And you need a good coach. You need a good culture. And the Giants finally got that last year. But you need more talent. And I know Darren Waller gets injured a lot. Saquon, right, injured a lot, as you've seen last week and then this week. And it's just one of those things where you could only go so far if you don't have the talent. And for the Giants last year, this was a football team that got all the way to the second round of the playoffs. Like, if you would have told me before the start of last season, that the Giants would be in the playoffs, I would have said you're crazy. But then if you would have told me that the Giants would have not only made the playoffs, but won a playoff game, I would have said, what are you smoking? I really would have said that. That's inconceivable. But now when you look at that team, especially with the injuries on the offensive line, Saquon as well, still not having great wide receivers in there. You know, let's see what Hyatt could do. A lot of pressure on Jalen Hyatt tonight. I may bet him anytime touchdown in the game because I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I just believe that the Seahawks are in better position right now to win this football game. So let me go around the room here. Stu, let me get your thoughts on the game tonight as the Seahawks are two-and-a-half-point favorites up against the Giants. Yeah, it feels like the Seahawks are just a better team than the Giants. Um, I think Geno Smith is a better quarterback. They have more playmakers. And, you know, usually you see a West Coast team come into the East Coast, and it's like, oh, you know, they play an early game. But the fact that this is a primetime game, a standalone game, I don't think that really affects them. They have some, you know, some more rest to to play on the Monday night. So I, I think the Seahawks win this one pretty comfortably, actually. Samter, I know you're a natural contrarian. I feel like this means you're picking the Giants. No, I would never pick the Giants. <laughs> the Giants were so overrated last year and that the expectations going into this year were so ridiculous. But were they really? Like, did people have high expectations for the Giants this year? People I, were calling them a playoff team. I thought the Giants... Well, that's not crazy. They, they made the playoffs last year and won a playoff game. And my point is that they were incredibly over huge overachievers last year that... Mm-hmm that made something out of literally nothing, and they did nothing to improve their team whatsoever other than adding Darren Waller, who's always hurt. So even having him on your roster doesn't actually mean he's on your team because he's never there. They've done nothing. They don't really have anything to go by. I I don't buy Saquon Barkley as an elite running back. Dan Daniel Jones is. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean you don't buy Saquon Barkley? He can't stay healthy. That's a problem. But when he is healthy, the guy's a dominant running back. He's fine. <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> he's fine. He's fine. Just fine. He's yes. he's a make or break guy. He's going to get you nine carries with no yards, and he's going to break one for forty. That's just what he does. That's what he's always going to do, right? And that's fine to get that twenty-five yard run. But when you're at second and ten, third and ten, every single drive, you're just not going to win ball games. So I just I've never been a believer in Saquon Barkley. He doesn't see the whole well. Daniel Jones is nothing. Hmm. Zach Wilson is. As good, maybe not. But man, you're really negative. I, I do. I have no faith in the Giants whatsoever. I love Dayball. I think Dayball is a great coach who got 
everything possible out of that team. But they were such overachievers last year. And every year we see a team or two that catches lightning in the bottle have and, and does not belong where they, they are. Whether they just have a terrible year or a great year, they just don't belong. And the Giants just didn't belong. There's not a lot of talent on that team other than the offensive line. And their offensive line best player is hurt. I have no faith in the Giants. They're going to get crushed by 30. Wow. So, folks. Let me just give you a little rule of thumb here. This is what happens on all sports talk shows. Whenever every single person on the show picks one team, you fade the crap out of us. There is no doubt about it now that the Giants are going to win the game. I just picked Seattle. Stu just picked Seattle. Samter just picked Seattle. And Samter was the most defiant about the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, winning this game. Like, I I look at the Giants, and I said I thought the Giants are going to regress this year. But Samter makes it seem as if they're going to fall flat on their face and they're going to be, like, kissing the floor all throughout the season. I think the best way to describe what the Giants will be this year is what the Commanders were last year is what the Giants will be this year, and the Giants and the Commanders will swap places with the with the Giants this year. Like, the Commanders are right there, and they just missed out on the playoffs. I think the Giants will be right there, and they'll just miss out on the playoffs, and I do believe the Commanders will go to the postseason this year. But, geez, um, this is... That was really depressing what Santa just painted the picture here. You would make it seem as if the, if the Giants are the Bears for crying out loud with no hope, <laughs> no future. They're not the Bears yet, but the Bears have hope and future because they're going to get the first two picks in the draft. You would, you would hope so, but with all that being said, how many times have we been down this road before with the Bears where the Bears have a future, the Bears have a hope, and then the next thing you know, the Bears are where the Bears always were. And that's not a good football team outside of, right, one of the greatest seasons that you'll ever see back in back in 1985. So uh, one more thing that I want to get to before we uh, wrap up the show today. Zach Gelb here with you um, on CBS Sports Radio. The, all the Taylor Swift coverage from yesterday. I, I meant to bring this up earlier. I mentioned it for a second. Now we got to spend the final three, four minutes on it. As a consumer, I think it's a little bit too much now. And I know this is going to be a wildly unpopular opinion, and I don't want to start any wars with the Swifties. I like Taylor Swift. I have no issue with Taylor Swift. I get it why NBC wants to show Taylor Swift 3,000 times last night in the game. We don't need to see her 3,000 times. I thought it was a bit too much last night, and I thought it was cool before the game, right? You see her walking into the stadium with all the other celebrities, the fans that are standing outside of her apartment. Like, what do you think? She's going to walk out of her apartment. You're going to be like, Taylor! She's going to be like, hey, guys, how you doing? And walk right into an SUV and then get escorted to the stadium. But last night, and I do believe that is a genuine relationship with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if there's going to be wedding bell, uh, bells that are going to be uh, rung and, and heard soon. But last night, right away, the promotion of the Taylor Swift movie of her Eras Tour that's coming out. Travis Kelsey now popping up in a lot more commercials. I look back at that entire thing and just what happened last night as a consumer of football. And I like the other things as well. It was just overdone. Like, you could make mention of it. You could show her a few times throughout the games. But they must have showed her at least 20 times in the game last night. Uh, Samto, let me just quickly throw this out to you. Do you think that was just a little bit too much last night? Because that's the way that I felt about it during the game. 
It almost felt like some of the other games, they kind of like flashed to her quickly and then would mention it. And that was, you know, two weeks ago in KC. Yeah. They mentioned it. They flashed to her once. Or- well, they went to a lot. The game also sucked. This was a good game tonight, uh, last night. And it was like break after break after break. Like every single moment you saw, Taylor, it was definitely way too much Taylor Swift. Stu, I know you're a big Swifty. Uh, you spent like your entire life uh, savings on going to Taylor Swift this year. <laughs> Basically. Um, what did you think of the coverage last night? I didn't mind it. I was kind of entertained by it. Um, I think they were preparing for a blowout, and it wasn't a blowout. So yeah. They were kind of surprised that it wasn't a blowout. So maybe they should have deviated from that. But but that's yeah. why you have to adapt. Yeah. You know, don't be like Matt Canada and fail to adapt here. You you have to realize that's a good game. I don't need to see Taylor Swift 4,000 times uh, when, when I was watching the game on a plane, too. But, man, what a spectacle that was. And Brittany Mahomes, she's sitting right next to Taylor Swift. No one realized it was Brittany Mahomes as well. Until I saw all the pictures of her not looking too happy uh, during the game, and that's because it wasn't going the way that usually the games do go for the Kansas City Chiefs. But the biggest winner of all this is Donna Kelsey. Donna Kelsey with Jake from State Farm. Tremendous yesterday. And then right to the uh, Chiefs game where she's sitting with the new BFF and maybe her daughter-in-law in Taylor Swift. Donna Kelsey stock all the way up, all the way through the roof. All righty, that uh, concludes this Monday edition of the Zach Gelb Show. We'll be back tomorrow on all of our great local CBS Sports Radio affiliates, Sirius XM, Channel 158, the free Odyssey app. And, of course, with all of the passionate people that are in the YouTube chat, we always appreciate you listening and watching us right here on CBS Sports Radio. Big thanks to Stuart Kovacs. Big thanks to Michael Samter as well. We'll be back tomorrow. Going to have a fun show. And, yes, I do like the Seahawks in the game tonight, minus the two-and-a-half points. So does Stu. So does Samter. So. Expect to talk about a big Giants victory tomorrow. All right, everybody. We out. Bye-bye. Peace. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.